Hi, I'm Caroline Carey, and you know, I'm always inspired by other people's life stories. So I listen for the soul journey that is interwoven between each individual's experiences throughout their life. Join me to hear for yourself how each narrative becomes a transformative and inspiring message for us all. Enjoy the podcasts. always had an affinity with animals. They've been like my best friends at times in my life, really important to me. And I really enjoy having conversations with people who have had that affinity too. And one of those people was Paloma. Um, I won't try to say her surname, but she's an extraordinary lady who understands that animals and humans can have a common language. Uh, where they can communicate with each other and the feelings of the heart, um, deepening a relationship to the animal kingdom. She talks about giving your heart to an animal and it will give you it. And the biggest gift of all is to exchange hearts. Have a listen to Paloma and um, yeah, maybe you can learn something about your own understanding between yourself and the other than humans. Enjoy. Paloma, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. You know, you, 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 you grabbed my attention um, to hear about your connection with animals and you're an animal communicator. And, you know, animals have been my Oh, my go-to resource since I was a very little girl, you know, the dogs we had as kids. Um, and yeah, it, it, just, it just started there for me. And I've never let go of that, almost like a need sometimes to have fur in my hands or to be able to be next to the breath of a, a, a horse or um, watching the birds flying. I don't know, it's just been such an important thing for me. So tell me, where did it begin for you? Well, it also began to, began in my childhood for me, really. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, I was always drawn to animals and nature, and I we didn't have dogs, but I walked many dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the neighbors and took their dogs for a walk and things like that, and um, I very early also decided I didn't want to eat animals because they were my friends and you just don't eat friends exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately my parents didn't understand that so they forced me to eat meat once a week yeah. which was a real torture for me and I always knew that I wanted to do something with animals as an adult but I had no clue what it was going to be. And uh, then my dad actually forced me to make an apprenticeship in a bank and do commercial school, you know. <laughs> so that's the last thing I wanted to do. But um, yeah, fortunately, I found my way back to the animals and 
yeah, I've been following my dream. Ah, oh, I started 22 years ago as a professional animal communicator. Yeah. Oh, oh, well done. Isn't it amazing how children can be steered away from the things that they are really drawn to and that they really love? And there's so little understanding. Yeah, it's really a shame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we're expected to get a proper job or uh, yeah, do something that fulfills some need in our parents or teachers, hey. But you found your way. And, and how did you do that? How did you break away from the bank? I had a key uh, a key encounter in summer 1998. Okay. And that was when I was horse riding and I came back from horse riding with my horse Leomi, put him in the paddock. And back then I already had my horse in an open stall, which was yeah. quite a, uh, unusual back then. Yeah. And... Um, I went to the car and it was summer, it was summer evening. There was nobody at the barn anymore. And when I arrived at the car, I heard a stop. And I was like, well, there's nobody here. Well, maybe it's the neighbor who wants something from me. So I turned around, I didn't see anybody, but I noticed a horse, a white horse standing next to Leomi in the same paddock looking at me very intensively. Mm. And then I got the feeling I had to go back. So I went back. Then I got the feeling I had to go around the corner. So I went around the corner. And around the corner, they had two barrels that were usually filled with water. Now, those barrels were tipped over and the horses didn't have a drop of water so I you know put them up started filling them with water and this white horse was watching me and I thought well well this horse is maybe you know thirsty wants to drink something but when the two barrels were full this horse actually came put its nose into one barrel didn't drink put its nose into the other barrel didn't drink looked at me and I had the feeling to get a thank you. Now, I was there, you know, my jaw dropped, actually. <laughs> I knew something had happened. I had no idea what it was. I had this, this urge to tell this story to somebody. And um, back then, I was in an, in an email group. You know, back then, we didn't have social media or anything like that. There were just email groups, people that came together and emailed each other. So there was this email group where we discussed natural horsemanship. And most of the people in that group were from Canada and the US. And I told the story there. And I didn't really um, expect any response, but I got responses like, oh, the horse connected with you. Oh, that was animal communication. Oh, the horse spoke to you. And they were like, what, 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 what was that? And so I did some research and found Penelope Smith, who even, you know, back in the 70s, she already said she was talking to animals. Yes. So I, I knew, I instantly knew this was my missing link. 
because, you know, as a child, I had a very deep connection with animals. And I think many of us did have a very deep connection with animals. Mm -hmm. And as we grow older, this connection sort of, yeah, disappears. And I never knew why until I came across animal communication. And this animal communication for me was the missing link. So I started to learn animal communication. I ordered her books and I ordered her cassettes, you know, back then, her cassette tapes. And I studied animal communication uh, for two years on my own. And then in the year 2000, Penelope came to Switzerland and I, I visited her courses and I instantly knew that was what I want to do for the rest of my life. So what are you doing now? I help people understand their animal companion better. So if, you know, there are so many misunderstandings, whether it is misbehaving issues or whether it is that people just don't understand why an animal is doing a certain thing or, you know, even when you move houses, it's good to inform your animal that you are going to move house, especially with cats, actually, <laughs> because they have to pack their energy as well. And um, there are so many places where you can really use animal communication to to understand each other better. What other kind of problems do you come across? Well, as I said, um, one maybe, you know, misbehaving issues like the, the cat is peeing around. <laughs> for example, or the dog is aggressive um, against other dogs, or the dog cannot stay at home alone, or, you know, the horse doesn't want to jump anymore, or whatever. And there's so, so many different things that people think it's, it's misbehavior, it's a misbehavior, but usually it's not. It's the animal wanting to communicate something and that's the only way they have so what do that you they can do? say something is wrong what do you actually do i mean you sit and have a chat with the animal or or what what's your what's your yeah well i use conscious telepathic communication okay so we you know conscious telepathic communication is, is like a, any other language it's a language it's nothing else than a language and it's actually the language we are born with when we come into this world, we consciously telepathic communicate with our environment. Now, our environment usually picks up our communication intuitively. I know parents, especially mothers, will know that. When you have a child, just before the child starts crying, you know the child's going to start crying and it's going to start crying because it's hungry or because it needs, you know, to, to have the diapers changed or whatever. Yeah. And you're not guessing, you know it. Yeah. As, as a mother of six, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So your children were telling you very clearly what their problem was and you were picking it up intuitively. So we have actually two types of telepathic communication one is conscious telepathic communication and the other one is unconscious telepathic communication and the unconscious telepathic communication is working all the time because if you if you translate telepathy correctly 
Tele means distance and Pathy means feeling. So really mm -hmm. telepathy is feeling at a distance and the distance doesn't matter. You know, it's like television. Tele is distance. Vision is vision. You see? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So, mm. so telepathy is feeling at a distance and the distance doesn't matter really. It can be in the same room. It can be uh, on the other side of the world. So yeah, that's, that's what we use. And unconscious telepathy is working all the time. I mean, I'm sure you've had the situation where you thought of somebody and that somebody then called you. Yes. Everybody knows that situation. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. So that that's unconscious telepathy, you mm -hmm. know. So, but, and you can't have the same thing on a conscious level. Yes. And that's what I do with the animals. So how do you know you're getting the right messages from them? Well, there uh, there is a technique to connect with the animal. Mm -hmm. And then once you establish a connection, I mean, it's like a phone call. If I call you, I know that I'm calling you. And I know that I'm going to talk to you. So first we establish the connection. And then when we have the connection established, then we can start the communication. Can you give us an example of, of somewhere that you, you've really helped an animal and their owner? Um, yeah, sure. I can give you thousands of examples. <laughs> oh, well, just give, us, give, us, give us your best one for now. <laughs> oh, that's difficult. To, uh, the best one. The other day, I got a phone call from somebody with a pony. And the pony had had an operation and wasn't eating anymore. And I got the feeling that this pony had a really sore throat. So he couldn't really swallow, you know, he couldn't swallow what they were giving him. And he was swallowing hay though. And they, they couldn't understand why he was eating hay, but he wasn't eating any of the other things that they were giving him. You know, like the corn and and that stuff, and so the pony explained to me that he could actually by chewing on the hay, he could make it wet with the saliva, and and then it it became um, soft, and then he could swallow it. So that's the explanation the pony gave me. That's why he was eating hay. He wasn't eating any of the other stuff mm -hmm. because he had a sore throat. Now, I told them to give the um, pony some honey, you know, some manuka honey that is actually good for your throat. So they started to give him that. The other day, I actually sent them the invoice <laughs> and at the same time asked them, well, how is the pony? And I got the feedback. Well, the pony is eating well again. Everything is fine. We are so happy. So but they really thought they will that they, they had to put the, the pony down because it wasn't eating anymore. It had lost a lot of, of, of weight and they didn't understand what was happening. And and this isn't something that the vet would have noticed necessarily. It needed your communication to discover this. No, the vet the vet just told them. Well, as long as he's eating hay, that's okay. okay. 
but they were seeing that the pony was losing weight more and more yeah and they didn't understand why and they didn't understand why he wasn't eating the other thing now we had to really look at the throat and 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 you know make the throat okay again so that the pony could start eating all this stuff again so i'm i'm not I, i'm not a vet i'm i cannot uh you know tell any diagnosis or anything like that the only thing i can do is i can tell the people what i what feelings i get from the animal so where does it hurt yes and often by knowing where does it hurt we can do something about it and that is something a vet sometimes cannot see or know because how should they you know and sometimes i guess we we just do what we've done with other animals that aren't necessarily the right thing for this particular one so it's taking each case study as an individual yeah. yes yes and once i remember a cat and that cat wasn't eating very well and i had the feeling that that cat had something there was something wrong with the throat as well there and i sent the woman to the vet and i said look there's something in the throat that's no no good go go to the vet let the vet check the throat of the cat and the woman did, and the cat actually had something in the throat that needed to be taken out. Nice. He had swallowed some kind of thing, you know, that was got stuck in the throat. Yeah. Yeah, so certainly the vets have their place with all of this, don't they? And, and you're just helping people to discover well, what's what's underneath it, what's... what's... Yeah, so, so this woman could really go to the vet and tell the vet, look, you have to look into the throat. There's something in the throat. Right, right. Uh, otherwise, the vet, yeah. yeah. But it's not something they usually do, you know. Okay. Yeah, unless there's actual symptoms. Hey? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, interesting. So, you know, you had this connection as a little girl. You were walking dogs. Um, you know, this. you wanted to work with animals. There weren't the opportunities for you, and your father sent you to the bank, you know. Did did you have animals around you at all in your home or um, did you feel a, a connection on some level to animals despite not being able to work with them? Yeah, well, I always felt a connection to animals. There was always a connection there. Um, I My first animal was actually a turtle, Nikki. Nikki came with us to you know on vacation and uh yeah N nikki was just with us <laughs> just a turtle on vacation with you yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i mean i'm talking about here but that was over 50 years ago i mean i was four when i got nikki as a as a pet let's say you know that's 53 years ago now you know back then you don't really knew a lot about how do you keep a turtle <laughs> so Nikki was just living with us <laughs> and yeah she came on vacation with us we took her to to the beach he went she went for a swim into the sea in, you know in a, it was it she was came back she, she came back to you well yeah she was she was always with us I mean yeah so she went in the sea 
and didn't just swim off to be with her. No, 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 not at all. She went into the sea and she was always around us. Uh, and yeah, one one day actually we lost her. Uh-huh. We were we were in, in Spain, we were on vacation, and you know, we were out in in the countryside and, and Nikki was walking around and and she got lost. She really got lost. And this this hotel where we were staying all of a sudden they had a problem with their refrigerator so they said well everybody that is staying in the hotel and i think we were the only family staying in the hotel needs to go to a hotel in down in the village you know because that hotel was a little bit outside of the village and there was another hotel in the village so we moved to the village but Nikki was missing so oh I was so so unhappy so so unhappy and I mean I think it was five or six 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 years old by then and I it was so I was so unhappy and then about two days later or something like that the shepherd you know there were shepherds back then and so the shepherd came into the village with the sheep and knocked on the door of the hotel we were staying and he said does anybody is anybody missing a turtle he found nikki on the road on the way to the village can you imagine she was on her way to the village on the road she knew where you were she knew where we were. Don't ask me how she knew. That was just, that's that's a story which still amazes me. Yeah, absolutely. So how important, Paloma, is it for children to have a connection with animals? Oh, I think it's very, very important. Yes. Why? Because um, animals are very much like children. And and children can relate to animals very well, because in our society, animals don't have a voice. Children don't have a voice really either. They they connect really really well. You know, I I have given animal communication courses for children, and when I have asked the children, what why is it so important for you to do you talk to your animals and they say yes and why is it so important well because i can tell the animal whatever i want and it just listens yeah. it doesn't you know interrupt me it doesn't give me advice it doesn't you know so it's it's always okay whatever i tell the animal yeah. you know it's not telling me off or anything like that so it for children, it's very important to have a relationship with an animal. Yes, I, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I had so many animals growing up. I, I mean, I was very lucky in that we did live in the countryside and there was space for us to have animals. But I think even if there hadn't been, I would have found a way. Um, and, and just everything I could I could find, they came to live with us. And um, my parents had animals as well because they had a, a kind of a little small holding. So we had sheep and and lots of chickens and uh, ducks and 
a goat and I used to milk the goat and we had ponies and a donkey and you know I, I, I feel very blessed to have had that kind of upbringing but I totally relate to what you say because there is something about having that that affinity with an animal where you feel safe you feel that you can share whatever's going on in your heart on your mind and that you won't be judged or criticized mm. and that's really important isn't it so my animals were my greatest companions and I can honestly say that beyond any friendships of, of the humankind that I would have had animals were my absolute um, go-to source of comfort and friendship and yeah just just um joy really so you you clearly developed some of that with Nikki and the dogs and 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 when you were working in the bank I mean did you have an animal at home that you could go back to or did you you just have to let go of that for that bit of time oh oh no no I always had animals in my life my first pet was Nikki and I got her when I was four and then after that, I had a lot of budgie regards, you know, a lot of budgies, 20, budgies for 25 years. I also had had rabbits, obviously, Spot, one of my animal mentors was a rabbit. Yeah, I, I, I always had animals. I think the only six months that I spent without an animal in my life, it was the six months that I spent in London when I went to London to to learn English or to well to not to learn English but to take the uh, Cambridge proficiency exam in English. So I I went to London for six months and that family didn't have an animal, okay. and those were the only six months in my life that I spent without an animal. Other than that, I've always 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 had an animal in my life <laughs> so when you so that six months did you connect to animals in another way yeah well i i actually went horse riding okay. <laughs> i found i found a barn in london in the middle of london we went horse riding in hyde park where oh. the royals went horse riding as well <laughs> the way and uh, even though I had, I think it was over an hour that I, you know, that it took me to get there. But I went there, I think, once or twice a week mm. just to be around animals. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I think so, I wouldn't so what, have survived otherwise. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So why do you think, what, what do you think animals need from us? Animals don't need anything from us, but we need a lot from the animals. Okay. We couldn't survive without the animals. Animals can perfectly survive without us. And, you know, I once asked one of my dogs, because animals are, they, they love unconditionally. If you meet a dog, you know, that has been abused and, and, and beaten and people have treated it really badly, and then this dog still loves people, you think, how can that be? You know, what is, are they stupid or what? No, they're not stupid. They, they laugh unconditionally. And I once asked one of my dogs, how come animals laugh unconditionally? And we humans have such a hard time doing that. And he said, we don't blame anybody. When we find each other in a situation that we don't like to be, we ask ourselves, how on earth have we gotten ourselves into that situation mm -hmm. 
and humans blame everybody you know i mean we blame we we blame our environment we blame the neighbors we blame politics we blame economy we we blame we blame we blame we blame you know mm. we we can't stop blaming <laughs> always somebody or something else's fault hey yeah it's always somebody else's fault mm. and animals don't do that no, of course not yeah so that runs quite deep, doesn't it? it? It's it's when we really think about that, like when was the last time we, I blamed somebody or something or um, some experience? It's, it's, it's quite a thing. We blame our past, don't we? Mm. Blame what's not happening in the future. Or, um, it's, it's, that's quite a, quite a thing to get our head around isn't it what would happen if we stopped blaming what would happen we would become much more human gosh <laughs> i really like that i really like that and and i would i would really like to take that more fully into my life it's not just about whether i blame my husband or my family or the past or whatever it's like you know just not blaming you know but this morning i did a class online and um, the internet wouldn't work and I'm getting so frustrated with the wi-fi because it just won't pick up properly and I'm blaming it you know I'm cross with it but if I was to just sit back and just pray for a moment meditate for a moment just sit quietly and ask, well what's really going on you know and and then I just changed one of the little sockets on the side of the laptop and and plugged it in a different way and it just started working and I just yeah thought, have got so upset and so frustrated and spoiled my whole day mm. that, you know that... mercury is retrograde right now so those are normal things to happen oh okay all right we'll blame we'll blame mercury <laughs> 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 oh me and techie stuff though hey uh, yeah well yeah I, I try not to blame mercury even but yeah it gets, <laughs> it gets to that point doesn't it but i do love that sitting back and just being quiet for a moment and mm -hmm. and and I know as well I've, I've worked shamanically and work with um power animals or connections to animal spirits in in many ways and I find that really really helpful for me because it's just like coming to the the, the, the sense of that animal particularly animals that I've owned as a child or, or had living with me as a child and the animals that I know you know, since I've, I've been an adult, but just taking a moment to be with them in spirit is actually a really helpful, I wouldn't call it a practice, but a, a, just a way of being to calm me or to um, find some kind of resource that's going to help me. Um, and yeah, just it, it, it just reminds me to stay with my feet on the ground or to open my heart a little bit more or to just remember the smell, you know, the smell of animal, the smell of horse, particularly. Mm. And I can still smell horse from my oh, yeah. early years. It's such a rich, beautiful aroma, best perfume ever, I'd say. Do you have that connection to the spirit? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, most of my dream team, and my dream team are animals that help me in my life and my work. Yeah. Most of them are in spirit, so, mm. and are my mentors. But another thing I have noticed is, besides that animal can love unconditionally, is animals don't judge either. 
yeah. they don't they don't judge anything you know they don't say you're a good person or you're a bad person or whatever um they don't judge they take the things the way they are things just are for animals so they're very present aren't they in the moment yes this is how it is and of course we as humans we're in the past the future and all over the place aren't we yeah and another thing animals can do is they actually see the big picture whereas we humans we are so conditioned and due to that we are limited in our you know um awareness yeah. that we only see a, per, a small percentage of the situation and the animals actually see the big picture right yeah of course do you ever work with wild animals or is it just pets no also um also with wild animals yes um i am not very often but yes i have worked with uh, wild animals as well i remember one day um a client of mine phoned me and told me that you know she had to stop feeding the birds because you know some neighbors had complained and so on but she knew where the birds could go to so I communicated with the birds and I told I have one member in my dream team who's actually a snail and that snail came, came to me as a representative of the wild animals <laughs> and I and her name is Harmony actually <laughs> So I asked Harmony to connect with me, with the birds, and tell them where they need to go. So we did that. And my client later on told me that from the moment we talked to them, they actually stopped coming. Okay. So they, they had understood that she wasn't going to be able to feed them any longer. But we told them where they could go to, where they would get food. Right. And they went there. And they went there, yes. Yeah. So interesting, isn't it? Wow. So what do you hope for for your future with this work? And what, what are your plans now to spread the word a little bit more fully? Well, um, you know, I, I live in Switzerland, so my mother tongue is uh, is german but uh and i have a podcast in german but i'm going to launch my podcast understanding animal on the 4th of october and that's going to be in english mm. so i hope i will reach more people like that and spread the word and uh, give more insights into animal communication Beautiful. What would you say is your, the word? Like, what is it that you, you want to get across most? What's most important? I think the most important thing is that humans learn to see animals on eye level. Mm -hmm. We are all the same. We are just different species. Animals are not here for us. They are here with us. And we are all 
inhabitants of planet Earth. And planet Earth itself is a living being, is a living creature, is the biggest living creature we know personally. Mm. And a lot of people forget about that. Yeah. And if Earth wouldn't want us to be on her, oh, we would be gone very quickly. So, yeah, I think we mm. need to grow our, our awareness for mm. nature, for the earth itself, for animals, and we need to see each other as equal, really. Yeah, and, and you know, of course, there is so much animal abuse in the world, isn't there? That's the yes. Heart, isn't it? That's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yes, that's why I'm saying animals are not here for us, mm. but with us. Yeah. So, and I mean, that includes, you know, like circuses and entertainment of any kind and, you know, um, abusing animals and in, in, we are abusing animals in so, so many ways. It's, it's amazing. It's, it is incredible, isn't it? How we treat our fellow beings. And uh, it, I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad to say that that you know in in England I don't know about other cultures but in England there are a lot more laws these days that have been have been implemented um, but there could still be a lot more um, particularly around how animals are farmed and hunted and all those sorts of things and as you say circuses and um, th there are some changes but there are many places in the world where there is no consideration whatsoever, aren't there? Yeah, and I think it it all starts with us, mm. with us as individuals. If every single one of us decide that we don't want to abuse animals anymore, we don't want to animals entertain us anymore, we don't want, but what we want is to encounter animals on an eye level on the same level as we are when each one of us decides that we can learn from each other from each species each species can learn from each other animals do that among themselves already so then things can start changing but it starts with us and some people say, well, but I am just one individual. Yes, you are one individual. But if you look at the wonderful sand beaches that there are, there are so many millions of sand corns. And each sand corn makes a difference. So a lot of people would point out maybe that animals can be very cruel to each other. Yeah, in order to survive, of course, um, but not always even to survive. A, a cat plays with a mouse or a bird. Um, there's all sorts of cruelty in nature, isn't there? Um, what would you say to that? Well, it's all it it's all it's all about balance, really. Like one of my animal mentors taught me, it's all about balance. If there is an imbalance, there needs to be. A balance brought back and if if an animal needs 
need to survive, need meat to survive, for example, they usually go and get themselves either a sick animal. Mm. Now, that animal in itself is an imbalance, otherwise it wouldn't be sick. Or an old animal, yeah, or a very young animal. That's what they usually go and get. They don't go and get an animal that is strong and that is in balance in itself. So it's it's really all about it's really all about balance. Right. And and that also that that keeps the balance in nature, doesn't it? Because there has to be an element of it um, does, yes. Yeah. Kind of keeping that healthy and looking after nature itself. If we have too many of one animal, then there's going to be um yeah, just not enough space, not enough food. Um, so there's a there's a way of working with that, isn't there? That um, the animals know they are connected to that hay. They definitely are. Yes. Yeah. And they have that that pecking order as well, don't they? And you know, if you look at the food chain, yes, those animals that are hunted a lot, like for example, rabbits, mm. they have many babies. Mm. you know the less they are hunted in the normal food chain mm. the less babies they have right right oh, you know like an elephant an elephant i i think has a baby every two years right. something like that you know yeah, yeah so and and rabbits you know can have many 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 babies mm. per year they are food for many as well yeah they are food for a lot of animals makes total sense but in order in order for them to survive nature has given them the ability to you know have many babies yes produce yeah so 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 nature is really holding the balance there Mm, mm. very good Oh, this has been really interesting, Paloma. And um, you're going to give me some details to put below this podcast so people can contact you if they want to. They can certainly listen to your podcasts. Oh, yes. Many many stories there that you're going to share with us, hey? And uh, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to hearing some of those. And what would you leave us with today to consider and to ponder on before we say goodbye? observe nature more take the time and observe go into nature observe nature because we are part of nature Mm. we are not separated separated from nature even though some people think we are we Mm. are not we are part of nature so find that connection with who you really are Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this, Paloma. And um, as I say, I hope you'll get many listeners and, you know, inspire inspiration sent worldwide um, about the care of animals and this particular communication with animals. Well, I have a guide on animal communication, a free guide on animal communication. So when people want to have a sneak peek on animal communication, that's an 11 point guide 
right. that they can follow to connect and communicate with their animal companion. So where would they get this from? How would they get hold of it? Well, I can send you the link and you could put it in the show notes. Yeah, I will absolutely do that. That's a really lovely gift. Thank you so much. I will do that, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're most welcome, Paloma. Thank you for coming along and sharing your wisdom with us. It's really lovely to hear. So, Paloma, what do you have on offer for our listeners? Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just £5 a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.